such a loud one. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a loud one. Like, like something, something. Seven inches from my eardrum. Your mum. What? You're my reason for reason because you're so smooth. Smooth. I literally don't know what you guys are saying. Sultana. Am Rich I? Sultana. You know they singing raisins <laughs> from the old <laughs> from the old show. Have I taken acid? Uh, they're called psychedelics. <laughs> God, Josh, you're so smooth. Teens, your favourite teen show reassessment podcast that comes out on a weekly basis. Currently watching season one of The OC. Um, my name's Josh and I'm a 27-year-old teen. My name's Cal and I'm a 28-year-old teen. My name's Ryan and I'm a 31-year-old teen. <laughs> I feel like every episode <laughs> we're um, going back in time. We are. are you Benjamin yeah. Button? <laughs> I am. You're Benjamin, you're Briny Buttoning. <laughs> I know, that's right true. Now. I'm getting smaller and smaller. So we've just watched episode 12. Oh, I feel like it was 13. It doesn't really matter. It's actually good if it was number 12 because it's the Christmas episode. And as everyone knows, there's 12 <laughs> days of Christmas. That is true. Although people can't ever fucking realise what day the 12 days of Christmas actually start on. It's on Christmas Day, marketers out there, you pieces of shit. I've never known anyone to be as angry about that very specific thing. About the 12 days of Christmas? Yeah. He gets more angry as each day passes. <laughs> Does something happen, like you guys, listeners, these guys work together. Did something, um, did something happen? Basically every year, different companies will start their 12 days of Christmas on a different day. Yeah. So December the 1st, I'll go, it's the 12 days of Christmas. And you go, what, so you're going to end Christmas <laughs> on the 12th of December? 12th of Is December. that what you're going to do? Or, oh, let's do it as a countdown. No, that's not how it that's works. Not, the 12 days of Christmas do not start from 12 days before no. Christmas. There's a reason you take your tree down on the 6th of January, and that's because that is the 12th day of Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is the best Christmas ever. Is that the name of this episode? It might um, be. Yeah, I wrote a little intro-y thing. Oh, Bryony, what happened in this episode? Okay, you ready? It's the holidays, a.k.a. Chrismica, a mash-up catch-all holiday that doesn't alienate any of the OC's white audience. After Samra is caught shoplifting, she gets drunk at a party, almost gets Ryan arrested, and eventually goes to therapy after Ryan declares... I left this behind. I'm not doing it again. And slams a car door a bunch of times. Seth keeps trying to string both Anna and Summer along, which works out as well as you might expect. Meanwhile, Kirsten discovers something about the Balboa Heights land, which she immediately tells Sandy, who immediately blackmails Caleb into selling him the land for one dollar or something. When they start talking about law and property, it kind of turns into white noise. The episode rounds out with Seth trying to friendzone Anna and Summer, with them both rejecting even that level of relationship. Before Sandy and Kiki decide in true 2000 and when, when was this? 2003 Three. style to watch some rented DVDs together as a family. It's a Christmas miracle. Oh. <laughs> and what DVD did, it, did they decide to watch? Uh, there's a choice of Fiddler on the Roof, It's a Wonderful Life, and oh, Over the Top, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling film. So what I found so weird about that was that they do an impression of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So, Sylvester Stallone exists in the OC universe. Yes. They have a whole episode about Balboa Heights, and then they decide <gasps> to watch 
that a film that is completely unrelated to Rocky Balboa. Oh, oh fucking god! Broken wide open. Isn't that weird? That is weird. But over the top is a good film. I mean, that's true. I mean, it's irrelevant, but, I mean, <laughs> but yeah. it is. That's just a fact, isn't it? Why not? If it was connected, why not have it be Rocky? I don't know. I don't think they thought about it at all. But it's such a random film to choose, isn't it? I've never watched that movie. What, Over the Top? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea why they There's something there, there's something, there's got to be, like, the writers were like, this is a little Easter egg, but we we haven't been able to find... But we didn't quite go the whole half and do it properly. (laughs) We did it sort of in a roundabout, like, saying Rocky, that would be a bit too on the nose, so we did a Rocky adjacent film. We did arm wrestling Rocky. What if this whole show... It's all about Sylvester Stallone somehow. Like it's all like ev- there's loads of this every episode. There's probably some weird little like connection to Rock to Stallone. Yeah, let's watch. But do I we, did. Do we need to rewatch the whole of the all of the episodes? <laughs> I yeah, right. So. That's it, lads. We're going back to the beginning. This is now a Sylvester Stallone conspiracy podcast. <laughs> no, I just thought right. Rocky wouldn't work because that's too like punching is too visceral, a violent activity. Whereas arm wrestling. Is sort of a bit more of a jostle for power, <laughs> just like Sandy Clippy Cohen and Caleb Nickel have been doing. It's sort of a jostle mm. for power rather than trading blows. That's true, and it's not a Sylvester Stallone film about chess. No, so <laughs> they had to go for like the second best strategy game, but also more animal strength. Is there a chess Rocky film? That one scene in Harry Potter, I guess, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> it's like a Kasparov film where he's a kind of Who's sorry, Kasparov? Sorry, Kasparov is Kas- a famous Russian chess master. I knew that. God. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like me and Cal always got the same yeah. references, and then you have completely different references <laughs> to us. Like, you, you're actually an alien, or maybe we're both Josh aliens. is a literary, mine a sport. <laughs> sport! No, no. The sport of chess. I don't think mine are very literary. <laughs> I think mine's being an intellectual poser for so many years, <laughs> pretending I know things. <laughs> And by osmosis, <laughs> I've remembered vague facts about things. I would have thought you'd, you'd be all over Kasparov, though. Yeah, Gary. I know, but chess is a bit <laughs> Gaz. like... It's a Gazza. wanker game, isn't it? <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's just shit D&D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great <laughs> right. point. Seth Watch. Once again, Seth is an absolute piece of shit. He's off the chain. In, he's off the scale in this episode, quite frankly. Um, I don't Cal- know. Cal looks really like apologetic. <laughs> just like, you're just, just getting ready so. to be read your rights. <laughs> so, right at the beginning. Oh, Brian, are you happy to in, in to in Seth engage watch? in Seth Watch? Yeah. Always, okay. I'm always on Seth Watch on high alert. Good, Seth good. Watch, <laughs> Seth Watch. So, right at the beginning, Seth's talking about how excited he is for Christmas, and specifically Christmaker, his made-up holiday, which we'll get to later. Ryan then says, oh, Christmas, the holidays never really meant anything to me because for me, the holidays meant mum getting drunk and getting beaten up. To which Seth is just like, why don't you like my holiday? <laughs> yeah, he can't, he's <laughs> unable, as many characters in the show seem to be, unable to grasp other people's problems. Mm. Just like, oh, you've got a different perspective on this to me. Well... Sucks TV you. And then Seth gives Ryan his first ever Christmas stocking. Yeah. Glossing over all of the horrible stuff that's happened in Ryan's life. He just goes, oh, but I made you this. <laughs> so is that your retort that he might have glossed over Seth, um, Ryan's traumatic childhood? So I think that Seth has taken it all on board. He's internalised Ryan's emotions. He's a very, I think, deep down, Seth is a very emotionally intelligent person. And... Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Actually, and then and what he's done is he's gone. Right, what I could do is talk to Ryan about this, but clearly Ryan is not a talker. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he's a puncher, not a lover. He's a puncher, not a lover. He doesn't want to talk about his feelings. What he wants to do is get free stuff off of the Coens in a small Christmas stocking. And that will take his mind off the bad stuff. Seth is sort of like a proto-Chandler from Friends. On my gift knowledge, there's a bit where Chandler says, I'm not useful with advice, may I interest you in a sarcastic comment? Exactly it's that. kind of like that. Um, but going back to your point, like you think he's very emotionally available and emotionally intelligent. He does have that moment later on where he goes up to Kirsten and says, like, I don't know what to say to Ryan when he talks about all this traumatic stuff. <laughs> so he does know that he's an absolute dickhead. Yeah, which again speaks to his own emotional intelligence. He's a 16-year-old boy. That's a, that's he, I completely forgot. I completely <laughs> forgot how old they were. He's a 32-year-old grown man. Because there's a bit I thought you might have picked up when, um, when they're driving back from the party and Marissa has an open container and the cops pull him over. Yeah. And Ryan's like, oh my God, no. And I'm like, what's wrong? Yeah, what, she's drunk, you're going to get in trouble? Yeah, why would you get in trouble? And then oh. I realised they're meant to be 16. Well, yeah. yeah, they're meant to be 16. And also, you're literally not allowed to have an open container in a car. Which is like, insane. Well, yeah, but it's the law, so yeah, whatever. Cause... And it's just, like, next to her. And also, it... like, he's a per- he's a man driving a drunk girl around. Yeah, I mean, that ha- it, could, it could spill everywhere. <laughs> Think of the upholstery. Exactly. That's, That's what the it... police are there for. That's why it's illegal. I've got so many Seth points. Um, I just start. I wrote stuff on my phone rather than a little notepad this time, Uh, and there's a lot of caps where where Seth's concerned. Even even just the concept of Christmaca and Seth being like, "Well, I'm making up my own holiday." Mm. Even that, I'm just like, "Why do you have to be like this?" Yeah, he's taking a big cultural moment and he's saying, "No, that's not good enough. What is good enough?" is my holiday. He just makes it up. Like, that's something that a dictator would do. Well, it's I mean, wow. day. Yeah. Well, I mean, all holidays are technically made up. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but it's it's like anything in a society, a society agrees, like, okay, we're going to do this but at this time. Actually, I'm going to defend Seth. <gasps> because, no! Because it is only by upsetting the status quo that we strive towards a bright future. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. I look, I like oh, the idea Brexit. that I think <laughs> I think it's nice that he's like I'm going to take my dad's Jewish traditions mm. and my mum's waspy Christian traditions yeah. and and put them together. That's actually a really nice idea. Yeah. But do we really believe that he came up with that like the nice part of it? I don't know if he did come up with it. But the shitty thing about it is that he, Ryan's like, I don't really want to make a big deal of this. It's not really my thing. And he's mm. like, you are going to do it. Here's your stocking. You have no choice. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. On the one hand, I think it's okay. It's a nice idea to mash up the things. Mm. On the other hand, just the way he's just like, I'm going to force this on people is a bit of a shit move. Um, my first note was just that Seth seems to want to convert Ryan to a cult. Because he's just yes. like, he is going to like it. He is going to like it. <laughs> I shall have him. Um, sort of like Leonardo DiCaprio in The Man with the Iron Mask. When he meets that girl, he's like, I shall bed her. <laughs> sort of like that. Exactly Seth, like no, that. Ryan is his white whale. Do you know what <laughs> so I mean? Mixing up so many different things. <laughs> I'm still on The Man in the Iron Mask. <laughs> man in the Moby Dick. <laughs> how, what do you mean? 
he's trying to he's already caught the white whale hasn't no, he but, yeah but now he's so he's in any great invasion the first thing you do is you you rule by force and with ground troops you know you you kill the opposition but then you have to capture the hearts and minds of your adversary he's wow. caught ryan in his oc net now it's time to convert him well that's why i said yeah. it's like he's trying to make him join a cult exactly i just really like christmas so i'm kind of on team <laughs> set here i like christmas too <laughs> but then he doesn't really okay so they've got a tree they've got a menorah mm. and he puts together two like we'll get into the gifts and the whole summer and other thing but so he's doing the gift thing but he doesn't buy his parents gifts he doesn't buy ryan a gift he makes him a stocking which is nice but he doesn't get anyone else gifts they say no so, gifts the parents say no gifts oh do they yeah yeah but come on who does that that doesn't mean no gifts does it when you say yeah no. no you do something nice for your parents in that case you'd be like well maybe i'll help make dinner or something give him a hand job <laughs> what why would you say that <laughs> handy cohen <laughs> um, um he says the stocking when he hands over he's like it's a bit minty as if it's bad but i'm sure in the last episode it seemed he was like that is extremely minty of you to ryan when he did something good maybe so what the fuck does minty that's mean? what i was thinking and i was thinking maybe it's like whack where you go oh that's whack i think Which it means, means cheesy uh yeah, but he said it was good. What did he do before when he said that? I don't remember. Yeah, we did something that. that was like, that's really nice of you. Yeah, we definitely talked about it before, didn't we? And we thought it was cool because of minty, like minty yeah, fresh. Yeah, fresh. Yeah, but I didn't remember the context of that whatsoever. I was just <laughs> saying, you know, mint sounds like mint, which is cool. <laughs> I don't anyway, yeah. what Either happened. way, it was bad. It was good last episode and it was bad this time. So he's just... Well, it's the writers. That's the thing. He's not a real person. It's the writers, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, true. When you think about it. Yeah. It's also <laughs> what? a problem. The flexibility of language. So, um, let's see. What else does Seth do? Uh, Seth Cohen starter pack. <laughs> the Seth Cohen starter pack. So I don't know about you listeners, but when I buy a present, I like to think long and hard about what that person's like and their interests that they might not necessarily know about. Sort of extrapolate things that they might enjoy um, <laughs> instead of just buying things that allow someone else to understand who I am as a person. Which is why when Seth gets the same presents for the two girls he's currently trying to bang, it is ridiculous that he buys his favourite albums and his favourite movie and his favourite book and gives it to them. And also he wraps them up. He does wrap them up with different paper but he wraps them up and then ties them in a ribbon and then so they're the exact same like <laughs> bundle that he's holding for each of the girls of the exact same thing like can you get like that's the most egotistical thing ever especially <laughs> so how you're a tort I uh, no I'm actually on your side here yes! especially when you bear in mind the gifts that they get him one <gasps> is a handcrafted comic book so mm. Anna gives him a handcrafted comic book which is The Adventures of Seth Cohen and Captain Oates. Yeah. And it's like the most beautiful, thoughtful gift ever. Mm. And then Summer's gift to him is some kind of gross comic book wet dream where she's dressed as, um, I want to say Superwoman. Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, this, isn't a, this isn't a comic book podcast, okay? <laughs> no, that's true. This is a safe space for non-nerds. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so they get him really, really thoughtful gifts. And then he gets them the same things. About that, himself! That about him, that ultimately he's probably going to end up asking for back because he really likes them. 
Exactly, and I mean, it's already been established that they talk. What are they going to be like? Oh, what did Seth get you? Oh, he got me this Death Cab album and The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay and The Goonies on DVD. Also, can we talk about how fucking basic Seth is? <laughs> uh, he's so, like, hot topic basic. Uh, the Goonies is shit. <gasps> I agree. But, but, oh I think that because I only saw it when I was, like, 20. Same. So I didn't grow up with it, but I'm sure if I had grown up with it, I would love it. I really feel like you're just... It's it's always you guys against me now. <laughs> is it? Maybe <gasps> you're basic. I mean, we all know. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it. I like Christmas. Death Cab are great. No, Death Cab are good. Yeah, I like Christmas and I like Death Cab as well. I've heard of Cavalier and Clay. I have. Oh, it's a very good book. Michael Chabon. Yeah. Chabon. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it's about? Um, no, not at all. I have it, but I, I have a copy of it, but I use it to prop up my the mirror in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, any other sets? Um, yeah, there was a couple more things. It was quite a minor, but, you know, I hate him, so I wrote I it down. Petty. Um He's wearing this fucking gilet at the beginning of the episode, just in the house, and I was just like, I hate him mm. so much. And then at the end, he's laying on the couch... And he's got his shoes on, on the couch. And I was just like, yes, the worst. But I noticed that in a lot of TV shows. So that happens in Friends as well, where people, they, they sit on the sofa and they've got their shoes on and they'll put their feet up on the sofa. And you go, you would never do that if that was your house. But why do they do it on TV? Because I think it's the actors just forget that they're wearing shoes. Do you think? They've got very rough feet, actors. <laughs> well, no, they they're don't... like hobbits. Yeah. They don't have to clean the flat, do they? Yeah, exactly. And neither does Seth because he's got. Yeah, no, but it's not even like you don't want you don't have to clean it. Like, if you've got shoes on, say you've got like mud on your shoes, and yeah. that gets on the couch, you can't just but... wash that off. How do you get off like all the it, like engine grease? But this is Where amazing. would they get that from? In I don't the know, OC, but they why is he wearing on, on the set of the OC? <laughs> no, but even inside the fiction of the OC. Where is any of the dirt? There's no dirt. There you never see dirt. any dirt. There's no dirt. It's probably just dirt. Just cum jellyfish. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to say. <laughs> I was going to say, there's probably like residues in his room that would be on his feet. Can I just say, I've completely forgotten where that reference came from. Like, <laughs> I know it was about... like three episodes ago. <laughs> it's the viscosity jellyfish. of if someone came in a swimming pool and the cum would just like stay in a little blob like but, a jellyfish. Why because... were we talking about that? <laughs> it's because Clippy and Kiki were going to fuck in the pool. And oh, then I was yeah. like, but would you have taken a cum? I reckon Sandy's had a vasectomy. <laughs> you just stopped mid-sentence just like news flash but what I love is that you, you suggest that he had Seth and then was like yeah I was like nope fuck it one and done I failed we'll just pick up another one later maybe that's why maybe they'd always wanted a second child but Sandy had had the vasectomy so they had to pick up like a 16 year old mm. Maybe. Make up for lost time. Maybe. Maybe he was just like, "This is what my genes produced." Never again. And so he was like, "We can only have another child if we adopt one, or if maybe if Kiki gets pregnant from someone else." Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed, Jimmy. <laughs> He's got good genes. Or does he, listeners? Because in this episode, Marissa has gone off the rails. <gasps> Marissa, what? Marissa, watch. <laughs> What's Marissa up to? Can I? No, hang on, hang on. Marissa, watch. Because in this episode, oh! she steals a watch. <laughs> Nice, that's good. Beautiful. Thanks. That's very good. What were you saying about me being basic? That you are. Yeah. <laughs> basic doesn't mean non-intelligent. Ah. Uh, what does it mean? 
don't know. Ba- well, a basic enjoy... girl, a basic white girl would be a girl that wears Uggs and drinks pumpkin spice lattes and has like straightened hair. They buy into hegemony. Right. That's what we okay. can say, frankly. I like, yeah, your, your way of explaining it sounds a lot nicer than mine. Sounds... I was just explaining what it is. And I don't... Can I don't... explain to me what hegemony is? <laughs> Consensus. Cool, yeah, got it. What does consensus mean? <laughs> Compromise? <laughs> yeah. This is getting bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, Marissa uh, <laughs> has been drinking a bit more, or it's been implied... Well, no, let's snap back to reality. Oop, there goes gravity. A few episodes ago, <laughs> Marissa was found half dead in a Mexican alleyway. And that's sort of been brushed under the carpet in the last few episodes. Mm. But in this episode, it's really coming back to the fore that maybe she's not having such a good time. Yeah, she performs, sort of displays alcoholism mm. in the most TV alcoholic way I've ever seen, where she goes to the drinks cabinet and shiftily gets out a small bottle and then like puts it in her bag. And the bag is not really big enough for this bottle of vodka. And then when she's at the party, she gets the bottle out and pours it into a Coke, a, a glass of Coke, till it's all, it's like see-through. Mm. Um, like, it wouldn't be drinkable. No. And then she just sort of looks at herself in the mirror and, <laughs> and drinks it and then is just like wiping her mouth and just like keeps looking at herself, just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing now. But that's the thing, she does such a good job of acting like, yeah, I'm really cool, but then also, please save me, she says to herself <laughs> in the mirror. Do you know what I mean? It's really, she's a, she's a marvellous actress. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What I found most interesting about this is there's such a difference in mental health, in attitudes towards mental health. In, <laughs> I know. In this episode, mm. to what it is like now, where at the time, Marissa, I would give anything to be offered a free therapist. <laughs> and you're acting like it's a fucking death sentence. You're acting like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone, and that people like people think that you're you're a plague because they want you to go to see a therapist and talk about your feelings do you know how much i would give for that marissa (laughs) i found it so weird the way even when it when she does spoilers at the end of the episode she does eventually go to therapy Mm. and you don't see inside the therapist's office she's just outside it and it's played off like she's literally going in there to be murdered yeah it's like it's, it's it seems like something from a science fiction movie, just like when you go through the door, like there's no coming back, like it's going to be a huge change, like it's the end of this part of your life, and it was just insane. I've never seen anything like it. Well, no. there was a bit where um, Ryan's talking about how he's going to go with her to the therapist's office, and he's talking to Sandy, and Sandy mm. goes, or you could not. <laughs> and Ryan kind of looks quizzical, and Sandy goes, "This is something that Marissa has to do on her own." Yeah, is it? Is it still? Is that still the best advice? Is you know you have to leave people alone to sort <laughs> out their own problems. I found it really weird because I normally the show it's not really all about making the audience think what they would do. There's not usually much moral grey area, but I I was conflicted. I was like, should Ryan have gone with her? Like he, he wouldn't have gone into the therapist like with her, but. Should he have been there? Or was it good that he didn't? I don't I, know. I don't think he should have gone. Because I think that sets up a precedent that he is there to look after Marissa. Yeah. And the whole thing about getting better from mental health issues, or at least learning how to cope with it, is you've really got to learn how to cope with it yourself. Yeah. You've really got to look inside yourself and find that inner strength. 
And yes, you do need people to support you, but only when only when you really need that support. She's already in the door of the therapist. She doesn't need someone to hold her hand to go through it. Do you know what I mean? So I get that, and I think that's some good advice there from Clippy. Well, that is maybe he's quite progressive and prescient. Who, Clippy? For 2003. Well, yeah, Clippy is. Yeah. Well, actually, but we always ev- knew that. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone else is terrible. <laughs> well, yeah. Especially Marissa. <laughs> oh, it's just... When do you think the turning point was? Because I think that this episode, it represents a sort of wider attitude towards mental health issues around, well, up until maybe a few years ago, where in the mainstream media, going to see a therapist was very much, unless you were Jewish, like in Seinfeld or whatever, where it was sort of like the butt of a joke. It was like, oh, my therapist says I should get more sex. And it's like, oh, I need a therapist so they can tell my wife or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a terrible joke. Well, I'm releasing the rest of the podcast <laughs> like that. Just an hour of that. No. Um, I think it is... Um, have you seen The Sopranos? Not I have. All of it. Because for me, that was the first... Obviously, Tony Soprano is not a normal person, but it was the first kind of like normalising of a relationship between a therapist and a patient mm. that I'd seen on screen. And talking about his um, panic attacks when he'd see a duck and the duck would fly away and he'd have a massive panic attack. And then that was kind of like, they really went into that in the episode and they kind of like unpacked it and they talk about it. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm. So I think for me, that's the turning point. It's got a bit serious, but... <laughs> that was before the OC. No, it wasn't. That was... <laughs> oh, no, it was. Yeah, you're right. But, okay, Marissa's kind of breakdown, basically is that she and Ryan go shopping, but they don't have any money, so they don't buy anything. And then it's just like, that was a nice sort of date. We just went, I've done that. I've gone around the, like, Selfridges, my boyfriend, yeah. not really bought anything. I didn't steal loads of things in <laughs> when we did that, but that's what Marissa does. And then the security guard is like, miss, I need to look inside your bag. Ryan's, like, about to just run away because he's just sees someone in a uniform and that is his... <laughs> usual thing to do and then turns out she's stolen a bunch of stuff she gets in trouble but not really like proper trouble she just gets told off by her mum her mum's furious and blames animal yeah because of course it's his fault of course it's his fault (laughs) and then they go to the party she gets really drunk and ryan's like you're a disgrace (laughs) and then and then uh that's that's it isn't it Oh, then they they get stopped by the police and Ryan's just like, this is bullshit, you need to get some help. Well, Marissa crashes a car um, as well because she's trying to storm off in a rage. But yeah, it's all just very sad. Marissa steals because she wants to sort of reclaim that status that she once had Mm. where she could go into the mall and buy whatever she wanted. And she obviously wants to buy the watch for Ryan, I suppose. Do you know who wouldn't have let her steal? Who? Paul (gasps) Blart Moorcock. Oh, I thought you were going to say Luke. Paul Bart Moorcock would have stopped that bitch the second she put her hand on the watch. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Are you okay, Cal? Paul Blart is not the mall cop in the Orange County fancy mall. Well, no, he's obviously... Obviously, Paul Blart Moorcock is set in New Jersey. Exactly. So, obviously. So, why? <laughs> he, Paul Blart could exist in this universe, but he wouldn't operate in every single mall across the United States. At the what same if... <clears throat> okay... What if mm. Paul Blart, because he's such a great mall cop, as seen through these terrible movies... Please yeah. do not say clone. Please do not say the word clone. <laughs> no. Okay, I won't. Maybe they grew him in a lab and they just have more than one version of him. 
Not like, technically a clone of this, him. Okay, alright, okay, he's not a clone. He echoes through time. <laughs> so. I hate I hate the Paul Blart fucking meme. I don't like it. I don't think it's funny. I think you're a fake meme fan because you've only seen it twice. Seen it twice and you didn't now. even know, when we saw it on your last day when we saw it together, you didn't even know that the woman was wearing a wig and she worked in a wig shop. Look, I'm not a very intelligent man. <laughs> when it comes to watching Paul Blart, I'm not looking at the mise en scene. Of it. I'm just looking for the lols. You are looking for the mise-en-scene because you're the only person out of the three of us who even knows what that means. <laughs> I, isn't the Senna River? Yes, that's a good joke. Um, I think it is a good joke. I'm a really big fan of Paul Blackmore Cop 2 and Paul Blackmore Cop 1 is not my wheelhouse, okay? <laughs> I. How many times have you seen either of them? Three and four. Three for number one, four for number two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems like a lot. <laughs> it's not enough of anything. I don't think it's enough. I if you're, the... if you're like, I'm so dedicated to this meme, that would be like, I don't oh, think Pepe the Frog is my favourite meme. I've seen two of them. But it's different. I don't think anyone <laughs> who's posting any of these B movie memes has ever watched the fucking film. I've seen B movie. Are you posting the memes? <laughs> Can we just please talk about the OC? <laughs> People don't come to us to talk about it. I have posted things. some of the memes. I like that meme. Have you posted the memes? Are you the queen meme? That's a bee thing. Guys, have you seen Bad Luck Brian? No. No. He's a good meme. <laughs> Look up that meme. I really love those I can has cheeseburger cats. This has been meme corner. So, the other big storyline that's happening at the moment, or all the way through this episode. So we've had Marissa's going off the rails, Seth being a general absolute cunt, and we've also got the jostle for power between Caleb Nickel and Sandy Cohen over the future of the Balboa Heights. And yeah. what happens there? I don't really know. It just... There was something showed up. There was a weird letter. So, Caleb... Yeah. He's bought a bunch of land to build all his, uh, I don't know, houses? Houses, yes. Um, Which is where the Swamp Rose lives. Swamp Rose lives there. Sandy's like, no, nah, I'm not, not having that. It's, it's environmentally important. To, yeah, all right. To build upon my earlier point. Yeah. Yeah. Although and then, he was given that case by evil Rachel. Who's sort of fucked off for now. Yeah. Well, who knows where she is. Maybe she's boning the animal. I wonder whether this was when she was on Friends. Yeah, she had other contract commitments. Yeah. She's not friends. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh, yeah, we've gone through that. Um, what did she do? She was Ross's girlfriend, Mona, and I think it would have been around this time because I think she was in series nine. So it probably is exactly this point that she was in Friends. But anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and they Caleb's commissioned a study which has discovered that the all of the land is seismically unsound, and so you couldn't build a house there anyway. Oh. So it's worthless worthless and kiki finds this information because she's decided to stand up to her dad and not work over the holiday she's decided to take christmas holiday which she does with about three hours notice periods <laughs> she's just like oh, i'm just not gonna work anymore during this is... really big case that we're all yeah. working on <laughs> just like fuck it peace out <laughs> yeah. Lord, bye um yeah and she against against her better professional judgment she gives this evidence to Sandy, and so Sandy confronts Caleb later on. Yeah, but the thing is, I she seemed to have they purposely didn't give her that information. I thought Caleb I, didn't know. Yeah, which 
Like, what the fuck? Because Caleb's a, he's a snake. He is. Mm. He's a snook. But then, but then that's the thing. Like, when when it all comes out and it turns out that um, she shouldn't have done that, but she did it, mm. and she told Caleb, um, she told Sandy. I can only hold two names in my head at once. It's really difficult, isn't it? <laughs> she, she tells Sandy this uh, magical information. And then you think, oh, Kaylee's going to be so furious, going to fire her, because she does worry that she's going to get fired by her dad. Like, get another job. Mm. Um, and then he's just like, it was ruthless. It was despicable. I've never been prouder of you. You're going to make a great <laughs> real estate mogul like me. What, who buys land that it's physically <laughs> impossible to build no, on? But his plan was genius. His plan was legit genius, because he bought the land realised it was worthless and then decided because it was ecologically important that he was going to start this court case and he was holding out for a huge settlement. He would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for that meddling clipster. <laughs> that meddling paperclip. That meddling paperclip. That happy-go-lucky paperclip. That is true though, isn't it? Yeah, he can, a good he can make a lot of, yeah. He's but, a genius. But in the end, he sells it to his son-in-law for a dollar. Yeah. I see. It makes sense now. But yeah. At the time, I was just like, what... What? Why is he? So he's made why, a dollar. But why do it like at the part of the big event? We're not even. There's a, an event every episode to the point where we don't even talk about the events <laughs> no, anymore. No, who gives a shit? But like, wouldn't you just do it and then it would be like done, whatever? No, because it's win-win. Because Caleb now comes across looking like a great guy, and Sandy also comes across looking like a great guy. Like it's really good for both of their profiles I that they announce it. So. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Very smart. Very smart. Bad businessman, but very smart. I and you know who we... the real winner is in all of this? It's the Swamp Rose. <laughs> it's the Swamp Rose! Yeah. He's still alive. So happy ending. <laughs> um, At the end of the episode, Marissa goes to therapy. Yeah. She, she takes that step into the unknown, to the terrifying therapist's office, and she meets a, a new character, who I get the impression may come back because of you guys' response to Oliver Trask. I have no idea what you mean. Oliver Trask. <laughs> Haven't heard that name in years. <laughs> He's been so, dead for 20 years. She comes into the office and there's like two couches to sit and wait to go into the therapist's office. Mm. And she's sort of like making out like she might go. Then she sits down. Then she gets up again. And then he goes, came here three times before I walked through that door. <laughs> it sounded Christ. like something a cowboy would say in a saloon. <laughs> I remember the first time I slaughtered a pig. The blood ran so warm and the squeal ran so cold. <laughs> the squeal? Yeah. So. Have you ever slaughtered a pig, Bryony? Have you? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I don't want to hear that story. <laughs> <laughs> slaughtered a pig is the term for anal sex. Oh, is it? No, I have no idea it could be. <laughs> <laughs> the squeal. <laughs> it- I thought that might mean that Oliver had a phobia of doors. <laughs> and that might be what he was trying to work out. Yeah. I was so baffled by Oliver, so I wrote down, Oliver Trask is definitely a supervillain. He has a sweaty upper lip. Mm. I know that. How am I meant to feel about Oliver Trask? Did you know that if you rearrange the letters of Oliver Trask, you get, I am Lord Voldemort? <gasps> no way, really? Yeah. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. He was a weird one. I'm intrigued. Mm. Well, we'll find out soon, won't we, listeners? What happens with Oliver Trask? Tom Marvolo Riddle. (laughs) A lot of people have just been triggered hearing that name. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, not I really, Tom Riddle. I, was, I just <laughs> couldn't, I, you know, this episode, there was a lot of things that I didn't know how to feel about, and I'm not used to that from the OC. It's usually very signposted. And this episode was like, you know, what should Ryan have done? What do you think, audience? Well, I got that impression. Yeah. And uh, with Oliver Trask, it was like, what do, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? What do we think? And I have no idea, so I don't want to be spoiled, but I get the impression that he's going to be important. Well, much like Chris McCurr, it's neither one thing nor the other. And that's as good a place as any to leave <laughs> this part of the episode. Do we want to do some Christmassy things? Well, mm. I was going to say, I bought you guys a special Christmas oh gift. Oh my god! What? I have not. I have done nothing. Yeah. Let me get it. Um, it's just in one little bag, so you're going to have to just open and, and there's two of the thing in there. Oh just my God, to let you know, Bryony has given us a tiny coin purse. <laughs> we'll take a picture and tweet it and you'll have no idea what it is <laughs> until this episode is released. No way! Yes! <laughs> oh my oh. God! <gasps> Listeners, I don't know if you can see this, but Bryony's given us our very own showcase. Oh my God, thank you so, so much! Dress up like Rai Rai. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, 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 does it need to be tighter? Yeah, it's supposed to be quite close to the Choking neck. Ryan. Do you want me to do it? No, you'll kill me. I'm not going to kill you. You just pull the knots apart. <laughs> Have you never put a choker on before? Are <laughs> oh, you doing it? You're doing it. I've done it. Oh. You instantly look like you're in 2006. <laughs> how, are you get, how are you getting on, Cal? Cal's is like fashionably loose. <laughs> Did you not get me anything? No, I got you nothing. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I literally have nothing and now I feel terrible. It's fine. I'm going to get you something <laughs> for our next episode, which is going to be New Year's Eve, listeners. I mean, it's not going to come out on New Year's Eve, but we're going to be doing the New Year's Eve episode of the OC. I'm intrigued as to how that's going to work out, because Marissa, surely she shouldn't be drinking anymore, mm. but maybe she'll, maybe she will. Maybe they'll be back to their crazy partying ways. Maybe. Cal is still struggling. I just, I just don't think my neck is big enough. Okay, well, Merry Christmas, one and all. And um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've had an absolutely wonderful time recording this pre-Christmas period. <laughs> I have been Josh, and you can find me on Twitter at Papsby, P-A-P-S-B-Y. I've been Cal, and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Cal, M-Y-N-A-M-E-I-N-C-A-L. <laughs> Smashed it that time. Um, my name on Twitter is Briny Cloud, B-R-Y-O-N-Y, C-L-O-U-D. Oh, that's nice. It's like a little jingle. <laughs> Briny Cloud. <laughs> I love it. Um, you can also follow us, uh, the podcast, on Twitter and Facebook. We are at We Used To Be Teens on both. And if you subscribe to us on iTunes, if you could leave us a review and rate us, we would really appreciate it. You can also find us on all other good podcasts, apps, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and come say hi to us because we want to talk to you and all that sort of stuff. So, love you. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas. Happy Hanumas. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>